Can a marriage survive infidelity? We dig deep to explore this thorny question. Join me, Jean-Claude Chalmet, and founder of The Place Retreats and a featured columnist for The Times, with Amy Cooper and Louise Daniels, on The Place Retreats podcast. Search Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite Android app. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to your next episode. Today, our topic is hormones and the massive part they have to play on our mental health. And my guest is Diane Danzibrink. Diane is a psychotherapist, a menopause expert, well-being consultant, and she tirelessly campaigns for improved care and support for menopausal women, having personally had a dreadful experience of the menopause herself. Um, Diane is changing the menopause landscape, really, for me and you and our daughters. Uh, and she's always a joy to talk to, so I'm delighted to have the chance to do so again today. Welcome, Diane. Morning, lovely. How are you? Hello. Good, thank you. Good, thank you. We're recording remotely during week uh, eight, I think it is, of the <laughs> coronavirus lockdown. Um, and, and how are you doing, De- Diane? How, how, how's your lockdown going? Uh, absolutely fine, lovely. To be honest, it's actually mm. quite... It, it's, it's a relatively normal situation for me because... I do, apart from when I go off to, you know, sort of present to organisations or when I go off to give talks, etc. a lot of my sort of private therapy work, a lot of the work that I do with menopause support is done remotely. So right. I'm used to spending a lot of my day sitting in front of a screen doing video consultations with people. So actually, right. it's not that different for me, to be perfectly honest. No, okay. Oh, good. Oh, that's that's okay then. So you know, we're all sort of getting to. I do a lot of work from home, but mm. um, sort of getting to grips with doing the the podcast remotely has been a bit challenging for me. But yeah, <laughs> thank goodness for technical backup. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> um, okay, as I said today, we're focusing on hormones and mental health. Uh, now, contrary to popular belief, menopause doesn't just happen to women in their fifties. Per- perimenopause typically begins in early forties. And often women don't have hot flushes, which seems to be the main indicator that people think of. Um, and symptoms are more likely to be uh, psychological, aren't they? Uh, can, can you run us through those? Yeah, sure. Symptoms? I mean, that's absolutely true. You know, sort of if we're talking about a natural menopause and what I mean by that is the, you know, sort of the ovarian functions changing and the hormone mm. levels starting to fluctuate. 
um, without any surgical or medical intervention, then very often it is, you know, sometimes late 30s, early 40s, that these first symptoms start to happen. Um, obviously, if we, we may have women who go into menopause even earlier, which is premature ovarian insufficiency, um, and that would be women under 40. And of course, that happens to approximately one in a hundred women under 40. Um, but as far as the symptoms are concerned, the sort of psychological and cognitive symptoms are generally, without a doubt, the most, the one that I hear the most regularly is anxiety. Anxiety, yeah. low moods, what people might describe as feeling depressed, um, things like struggling with memory, struggling with concentration, um, reduced confidence because of those things, um, irritability, mood swings, et cetera, et cetera. So there are, yeah. there's a host of them. But unfortunately, because we, because we as individuals, because we as women and men too, none of us are currently taught anything about menopause, um, it's quite difficult to recognise if there are no hot flushes, if periods haven't started to change. Very often people don't put two and two together. No. And, you know, for me now, you know, obviously I'm very aware of all of that mm. and lots of lots of the people I, you know, work with or you know, friends of mine are aware of those symptoms. But it, it's still actually most people aren't aware of them. It, it it's quite often is very apparent to me that, oh, hang on, I'm in a bit of a bubble where everyone knows about the menopause. Yeah. <laughs> Generally, people don't, do they? So No, they don't. And I think it's also fair to say that for the vast majority of people, they've never heard the term perimenopause either. So no. perimenopause is essentially everything from your first symptom to the time when you have had 12 months without a period. Um, and that can be, you know, sort of on average between about four and eight years of a woman's life. Um, but most people have never heard the term perimenopause. And, you know, stereotypically, we still generally, if you were to go out on the street and ask people and say what was menopause, they would probably say hot flushes and period stopping. Yeah. But, you know, there are, I think everybody sort of within the world of menopause would agree that there are 30 plus symptoms. Um, you know, depending on what list you look at, you might see a few variables, but there are there are lots of symptoms. And for a lot of women, it's the psychological symptoms that come about first. And of yeah. course, the difficulty with that is that if we don't recognize them as to do with perimenopause, the questions that sort of go through people's minds are things like, you know, well, what's wrong with me? There's nothing going on in my life. I don't understand why this is happening. Um, some people will say things, probably one of the most common things I hear on a day-to-day -day basis is, I think I'm going mad. Um, yes. And of course, if we don't recognize it, what happens is that just piles on the anxiety, that compounds the situation, makes it worse. Um, and then of course, for a lot of women, their first port of call will be their doctor. Um, mm. So they'll go with these symptoms, all the things, you know, we mentioned earlier, anxiety, low mood, they might say, 
they feel depressed, etc. And unfortunately, the sort of the common management that they'll be prescribed is they'll be offered antidepressants. And of course, if you're not depressed, antidepressants is not appropriate. And Mm -hmm. antidepressants are certainly not first line treatment for menopause symptoms, because essentially what's happening is the hormones are fluctuating and we're into a state of oestrogen deficiency. Yeah, right. So the psychological symptoms, it it is all down to hormones. What is going on then hormonally? Yeah, so when we're talking about the hormones, we're talking about oestrogen, progesterone and testosterone. But the protagonist for the vast majority of symptoms is the fluctuating and eventually the falling levels of oestrogen. So if we sort of think about a woman's body, um, we have oestrogen receptors all over the body, literally from the top of your head to the tip of your toes. Um, Oestrogen is such a, it's such a vital hormone um, and it does so many different things. So if we were to light up a woman, she would light up a bit like a Christmas tree with all those, you know, those beautiful twinkly fairy lights where her estrogen receptors are because they're everywhere. So what happens is the brain is really dense. It's packed with estrogen receptors. So estrogen is very helpful in supporting our serotonin levels. So serotonin, more commonly known as the happy hormone. So when estrogen levels start to fluctuate, then consequently your serotonin level is not being supported. It also helps with what's called neuroreception. So essentially that's how effectively the messages get from one part of the brain to the other. So when people start to talk about cognitive dysfunction, you know, things like memory, concentration, that's because the estrogen levels are fluctuating. And of course, some days can definitely be better than others. But that's also really confusing if you don't know what's going on, because if you think about it, the estrogen levels will be peaking and dipping they won't be, we're not talking about, you know, sort of the the kind of cycle that we would have had previously. They're sort of going all over the place. Um, it's, probably, it's probably important, Louise, to say at this point that one in four women will have almost no symptoms at all, um, but three out of four will, and one in four will have what are described as debilitating symptoms. So, you know, really quite seriously affecting their quality of life in some way, shape or form. Psychological symptoms, you mean? Uh, symptoms symptoms altogether, any, any, right, okay. any sort of any group of symptoms. Mm. But I think the important thing to say is that the psychological symptoms certainly certainly seem to be the first that most women who are experiencing symptoms when they can look back retrospectively because very often yeah. menopause is a retrospective experience it's not until you look back to sort of your late 30s early 40s that you can start to put the pieces together and understand why you were feeling more anxious why yeah. you were feeling yeah. you know sort of flat and low etc 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 and you know it's a really really tricky thing and it's so sad because mm-hmm. all four you know sort of all for a little bit of basic information 
what's happening is there are so many women, not just around the country, but around the world, struggling with these symptoms and feeling really, again, one of the, you know, one of the really common things I hear is, I feel so alone. I feel like it's just me. I've lost myself. I don't know who I am. Um, And it's, you know, sort of, it's so sad because you you and I have spoken about this before, but it is such a complete no-brainer for me. You know, 50% of the population are going to experience menopause directly. So if you say 75% of them are going to have symptoms, Seriously, would it not be more sensible for us to prime that 50% yeah. and inform the other 50% yeah, that of course. if this is happening to somebody that you know or love, maybe you could mention to them or point them in the direction of, do you know what, this this is what it might be, this, this could be menopause. Yeah, uh, just to come in there about your um, Make Menopause Matter campaign. Mm. That's what that is all about. You're, you know, you created that to improve uh, menopause education amongst doctors as well mm-hmm. and, and raise awareness of the menopause. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I know that you would... Um, you know, if, if someone was to say, oh, well, you know, that that doesn't really concern me. Menopause isn't something I need to worry about. Mm. They're wrong, aren't they? It pretty much, it, it concerns all of us, really. <laughs> it does concern all of us because, you know, sort of, so the, essentially the three aims of the campaign are to ensure that GPs have mandatory education about menopause because sadly at the moment they don't. Um, to ensure that we have greater support in the workplace because there's a lot of misunderstanding there too. And also I'm delighted to say that having launched the campaign towards the end of 2018, in July 19, it was confirmed by the government that menopause will now be taught in the new RSE curriculum in schools in England from September this year. Now, that is only England. So I'm really hoping that, you know, sort of um, those in Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland will follow suit. Um, Mm. But it absolutely concerns everybody because if you think about it, okay, it's going to affect women directly. It's it's definitely going to have an impact on partners, on family members. For some, it will possibly have an impact in the workplace. We all have mothers, aunties, grandmothers, sisters, cousins, yeah. children, etc., etc. So there is there is not a person on the planet who is not going to, in some way, shape or form, come into contact with a menopausal woman at some point in their lives, they might not realise it, but if they had the information, we could end a lot of the needless suffering that's going on. So are all women um, affected in the same way by this hormone fluctuation? Well, Interestingly, no, because as I say, one in four will experience almost no symptoms, but three out of four will. And if I'm really honest with you, that's not completely understood. And part of the reason that that's not completely understood is because 
there has been, you know, such a lack of study around, well, in women's health, full stop, but let's not get started on that. Um, (laughs) but, But definitely in menopause. But what is really exciting is that, um, over in the states, there is there are a couple of neuroscientists. Um, I'm sure there are more, but there are a couple who you know sort of um, are quite well known, um, who are doing a lot of work on essentially the female brain and hormones. Um, so there's a lady called Roberta Diaz Brinton who's been working on this for many years. And more recently, Lisa Moscone. Um, So Lisa's got a book coming out. It was supposed to come out here this year. It's now been postponed till next year called XX, um, which is all about how hormones affect female brain function. So there's definitely stuff happening, which is really exciting. Um, You know, we're probably talking probably 20 years before we know sort of the uh, the details and you know sort of how the research yeah. is going to pan out but it's so it's so exciting to know that you know sort of there is now some focus on this yeah and of course it's it sounds like it's just women is it just women are researching it oh, i'm sure i'm sure there are wonderful men in their <laughs> yes, teams too sure. um, but these are definitely kind of a couple of the leading lights in this area yeah yeah okay just thinking about you know a woman who you know is is being affected by those hormones mm. you know, and then you add into the mix outside factors yeah. of life you know relationship issues dealing with children teenagers unwell parents work etc is communication with those around you really important then would you say i think communication full stop in yeah. any relationship is the most important thing that we can have um mm. i think what makes it difficult is that this kind of general lack of understanding. Um, So if the woman herself doesn't understand, if those around her don't understand, I think it's difficult to know what to communicate because for some people just communicating, I don't feel like me, but I don't understand why, that can be quite a tricky thing to do. Um, Mm. And I, you know, sort of I always encourage the women that I work with and, you know, sort of and the couples and the I have to say, I've been absolutely thrilled to work with a few men (laughs) recently. Don't you um, you do sort of couple you see couples together around this, don't you? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, sort of um, quite often I'll get an email from a male partner um, who will say, I don't know what's going on with my wife, but I think it could be this. And could you help her? Um, and obviously, you know, sort of then that has to be the the woman herself has to, you know, sort of has to contact to say that she would like yeah. some help. But sometimes they do decide, they say, can we sit in on the session together? Um, which yeah. is really, you know, which is really nice. Um, yeah. But I've also had a handful over the past few months, I've had a handful of men get in contact to say, I would like to have a session with you so that I can understand how I can better support my partner. Um, oh, how which just show, <laughs> but it just shows yeah. that we're actually moving forward, that things are starting Got to change. Um, so that's really important. But <clears throat> 
I think around communication, it's tricky, isn't it? Because there are a whole host of relationships. You know, we might be talking about partners, whether we're, you know, kind of whether we're in a partnership with a man or a woman, we might be talking about partnerships. And of course, same sex relationships can Mm. also prove to be tricky because just because it's two women doesn't Mm. mean that you both get it, doesn't mean that Mm. you both understand because if one of you is experiencing menopause before the other or if you experience it completely differently, then it it still doesn't mean, just because it's another woman doesn't mean that you have understanding. No, because as we were saying earlier, you know, even you know, as women ourselves, we haven't heard of perimenopause. You know, mm. it's not something we have an innate knowledge of uh, that we just go, aha, this is no. what, you know, we're, we're walking through, lots of women just walking through this completely clueless themselves. Ex- you know, exactly, so. lovely. I mean, I've had, um, I had an occasion, it was a few months ago now, where um, a woman got in contact and asked if she could, you know, sort of have a video session. And we started the session and about halfway through, this voice piped up in the background and it was another female voice. And she said, "Mm, actually, can I come and sit in too? Because now you're going through the symptoms. I think this might be happening to me too. (laughs) And this was the two partners. And it was just, you know, it's just amazing that Two women, one of them who had recognised she might be having symptoms, living with another woman who hadn't recognised her symptoms at all. So, you know, I, as I say, Louise, you and I have talked about this before, but there is so much work to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just thinking about therapy, though, you know, mm. if somebody decides to see somebody like you, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, I, I would imagine that it actually probably is really important to find a therapist who understands menopause and the possible effects of hormone fluctuation. Mm. Um, and I know you've spoken to other therapists before, haven't you, about explain, you know, to try and get that understanding out there. So it must be important that a therapist understands about the menopause. Otherwise, we're going back to that dishing out antidepressants. Yeah. So, um, so again, you know, sort of it comes back to education. So, you know, sort of from certainly from my experience and what I've seen, hormones is not a part of generally of therapy education. Um, you know, for I know I'm, I'm well aware that a lot of psychiatrists have very little knowledge about about um menopause and hormones um but i think it is really important yeah i spoke at the bacp conference last year um to about 300 therapists about it and what was really interesting about that is that at the end of the session there was a big queue but it wasn't really people to talk to me about how they were going to work with their clients it was more about oh my goodness, a light bulb's just gone off for me while you've been speaking and actually this is me. Um, So I now teach teach a, a, a course to therapists about menopause. But I think, you know, it is important, Louise, because it depends what you're looking for as well. Um, Mm. So, you know, sort of via Menopause Support, which is the not-for-profit organisation that I set up around this, I do these Mm. one-off, one-to-ones, which is really people talking more about their symptoms, how they can manage them, and then I write a letter to their doctor, um, hopefully kind of easing the way into them getting the right advice and support. Um, 
outside of that, you know, sort of I do a lot of therapy, you know, kind of for me, basically, I like to, you know, I like to be common sense about these things. It's really just having somebody to talk to who understands Mm -hmm. and can help you to move through. But that's very much more about probably the sort of the transition, what you were talking about, about all the outside Mm -hmm. factors. Um, Mm. And menopause can definitely be a really transitional time of life. Um, You know, it is a, you know, sort of it is a point to pause where you can look at what life's been like before, what it's like now, potentially, you know, sort of at 50, 51, whatever age it comes along. As I say, for some, it's much earlier. What do I want the rest of my life to look like? How do I sort of, how do I kind of sort the dirty washing of today, whatever that might be, whether it's relationships, work, children, parents, et cetera, et cetera. So that's, you know, sort of, that's something that is probably done over several sessions. Um, But I think it is key that somebody understands the complexities of menopause and the fact that it can be quite a pivotal time in a woman's life. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So for a woman who might be having light bulb moments mm. listening to this, like, like you just talked about just now, what can she do? What would you say if a woman's listening and going, oh, that's how I feel. Mm. I'm, you know, anxious or yeah, all, all of those things. Yeah. Where, where does she go? What, what does she do now? Okay. So the first thing I would say is if you go to the menopause support website, which is menopausesupport.co.uk, you'll find lots of free resources there. So if you go to the resources section, you'll find things like a symptom checker that you can print off and you can complete. And that will kind of give you maybe a bit more of an idea of just how many of those symptoms you might be struggling with. There are things like... um, 
my friend, lovely friend Jane Lewis, um, mm-hmm. has who's written the book uh, "Me and My Menopause or Vagina," has written um, a guide for us all about vaginal atrophy. Um, another friend, the lovely Sam Evans, has written a guide about um, basically sex and the menopause. There's a guide that I've written about. Um, menopause and relationships which is really written for partners so it's something for women to be able to give to their partners so that they can understand it a little bit better and then I would say you need to think about how 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 would you like to manage your menopause symptoms so you know for me this should all be about informed choice but I think the important thing is that the information is factual non-biased and evidence-based um so i think you know sort of i would look at things like the british menopause society um another lovely friend um dr newson has she has a great information website um called menopause doctor so there's lots of good you know sort of there's lots of good factual info out there that you can make use of um I run something called the Menopause Support Network on Facebook, which is a a huge now <laughs> support right. group. Um, yeah. We've now got 13,500 members. Um, wow. I'm blessed with the most amazing team of women who volunteer to moderate that for me on a daily basis while I do things like this and work. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, you know, sort of we're very – they're now a very educated group of women because essentially they've all learnt things from me and from other people on the group who are knowledgeable. They now are very generous in passing that knowledge on. Um, yeah. It's a very, very supportive group. Um, so I would say come and join there. Um, yeah, I'll be coming along. Right? <laughs> and <laughs> then that was there. And then have a think about, you know, sort of, if you would like to talk to your doctor about what your doctor can prescribe. So obviously, first line treatment for menopause symptoms is HRT, hormone replacement therapy. Um, Really important to know that you've probably heard lots and lots of scary myths about HRT. Really important to say that the vast majority of HRT that is available in the UK is what we call body identical plant derived. Um, So derived from the root vegetable, the yam. Um, And we also have a body identical progesterone called Eutrogestan, um, which is also plant derived. So if you had a patch, a gel, or we now have a new estrogen spray called Lenzetto, um, if you have one of those as your estrogen, and then your progesterone is this product called Eutrogestan, that would give you a totally body-identical plant-derived prescription. And essentially, body-identical simply means that the molecular structure of the hormone is exactly the same as the molecular structure of the hormones that you produce naturally. Um, So the body recognises them, and far fewer side effects – And I think, you know, sort of the kind of bottom line is the right dose of the right product for the right woman has huge benefits um, and is generally very safe. Um, Now, obviously, there are, you know, sort of there are slight caveats to that, depending upon your your own and your family history. But 
you should be able to talk to your your GP about those. Um, but really yeah. worth getting informed with that evidence-based information because otherwise you're just relying on like 20-year-old, you know, flawed research mm. that the papers just keep banging <laughs> out like, you know, uh, because it's like it makes exciting headlines basically. And, and uh, you know, and what, you know, the Daily Mail, headli- Daily Mail headline isn't evidence-based information and that's what people need to sort of get, understand, I think, and get a little bit informed, don't they? Yeah, so. that's, that's absolutely mm. true. Louise, I mean, that, you know, sort of the study that you're referring to, um, you know, sort of really has done, it's done a huge amount of damage because not only have some of the key investigators of that study, you know, sort of pretty roundly, um, you know, sort of trashed it, um, but it's also fair to say that we've have an, we have an awful lot of women who either were taken off of their HRT or they decided to flush it down the loo at the time of that, you know, sort of at the time that those press releases were coming out, which is totally understandable. But, of course, when they've stopped their HRT and not carried on with it, we know that hormones oestrogen specifically is not just about alleviating symptoms it's also about helping to protect our long-term health so yeah absolutely you know bones hearts brains particularly um so i think you know sort of if you're if you're thinking listening to this or do you know what i think i could have some of those symptoms i would say you know sort of use some of those those resources um get some sort of evidence-based information so that you can make some informed choices. Absolutely. And I'll put um, all of those resources up on the um, show notes for this episode so people can go and look them up. Something else I wanted to ask is, Mm. is a woman more likely to experience worse psychological symptoms if she has suffered in the past with mental health problems or if she's had historically really bad PMT or or if she had um, postnatal depression? Mm. Yeah, really interesting. So um, it's, it's a tricky one because in part because mental health problems that covers that umbrella covers such a wide you know sort of such a wide gamut of issues um and i you know sort of i'll be really honest with you and we won't go into it now because we'll be here for the rest of the day but i do also think that there is um Oh, there certainly has been. Hopefully we're sort of starting to think about it a little bit more now. I do think that there has been an awful lot of over-medicalisation of the human condition as far as mental Mm. health is concerned. You know, the idea of doling out antidepressants to people who are bereaved. um, Uh, Yeah, because that's um, that's not... Bereavement. It's it's very different to being sad because something terrible has happened to to, to, uh, being... Uh, depressed, which I assume is a, a, a continual thing. Well, I think it's another area, Louise, where you know, sort of, we, st- you know, there is still amongst, even amongst, you know, sort of professionals in real professionals in this area, um, there is still such a huge debate raging about the efficacy of antidepressants as a you know, as a group of medicines, anyway, but. I think the important thing to say here is that if you have struggled with PMT or what um, some will know as PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. um, So PMDD, again, you know, sort of um, newspaper headlines get it wrong. 
it is not a hormone imbalance. PMDD is having a sort of hypersensitivity to your normal fluctuating hormones, but you are incredibly sensitive to it. Um, So if you've suffered with either of those or you've ever had postnatal depression, it is a possibility that you will, your perimenopause will be tricky because we're talking again about hormone fluctuations. Um, So I don't know if you've come across it, but there is a a gynecologist who has now retired, um, really well-known gynecologist in the area of menopause, um, a guy called John Studd, um, wrote a paper many, many years ago about postnatal depression and the sort of drastic drop in estrogen and whether we should, what we should actually be doing is supplementing those women who had just given birth with estrogen at that time to help with that. Um, that has never been taken up widely. For me, it's a t- again, for me, it's a bit of a no brainer. It's a totally common sense thing to do. If your estrogen levels fallen through the floor, then surely what you need to do is temporarily while the body, you know, sort of comes back to some kind of balance is to help it. But instead, we dole out antidepressants. Um, So but I think. God, it's a a really (laughs) complex. I'm just sitting here now, just got my whole head's going off on a spin of, you know. Honestly, lovely. I'm I'm currently (laughs) um, I'm currently doing the research for a book all about this and my head spinning, too. Oh, I bet. Um, But, you know, sort of I think when we're talking about hormones, hormones are powerful things. If you have been identified as somebody who has suffered with hormone fluctuation in any way, shape or form in the past, then it is important when you go to speak to your doctor about this, that you flag that up to them. Because obviously it might not be the same doctor. You might have moved, your doctor might have changed, etc. But, you know, sort of hormones are powerful and it can make the saddest thing for me is, you know, sort of I have I've certainly worked in the last few months um, with several women, a couple in their 50s, actually some who are significantly younger, um, who have been undiagnosed with PMDD and PMDD can have huge, huge you know, sort of effects on your life. It can, God, I it can put, bet, yeah. it can put you in bed for days at a time. It can make you manic. Um, it can have a huge, huge effect on your quality of life, on your relationships, on your ability to hold down a job. Um, and again, it's another area that we desperately need, you know, sort of we really desperately need to have more information about, more research about. If anybody's listening and they're thinking, oh, my goodness, I think that might be me, um, I would signpost you to a brilliant patient-led site, um, which is called Vicious Cycle. Um, again, um, a lovely friend of mine, lady called Laura Murphy, is very much uh, involved with that. Um, but they're a brilliant, brilliant patient-led organisation who can signpost you to all sorts of information. You know, listening to you just then talking talking about that and thinking about, you know, 
friends of mine who mm. in their 30s, you know, I now look back and think, I bet, you know, you know, who were who were just like that, you know, like would have days where they couldn't get out of bed and you think, oh, God, you know, she's being pathetic. Mm. You know, I mean, <laughs> this is sort of 20 years mm. ago. Um, and, you know, and then manic periods and, yeah. you know, it's just not very well understood, is it? I think the current figures um, from the, you know, kind of from the small pieces of research we have, I think the current figures say that, um, we think that around one in 20 women experience this. Wow. It's massive. Wow. Thinking about younger women, I'd just like to ask my last question is about um, lots of our listeners have teenagers. Mm-hmm. So can you, <laughs> I don't know, I know it's not maybe not your area, I'm not sure, but can you explain what's going on for them as regards hormones yeah. and how, uh, you know, that might impact their behaviour and also their mental health. Yeah. You know, and is there any what support as parents or you know, is there medical support? What 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 should we be doing to help them that might be beneficial for So them? again, Louise, we're gonna come back to my same old broken record about <laughs> lack of lack of education, lack of research, lack of information mm-hmm. essentially. Um so essentially, you know, kind of when in sort of in puberty, you know, in our teenage years, the hormones are really just getting going. You know, they're really kind of starting to kick in. And essentially, you know, talking, you, you know, I often hear people talk about, you know, kind of sulky teenagers, um, you know, kind of the sort of um, rages that can happen, et cetera, et cetera. But if you think about it, you know, if you're 15, 16, 17, and you've got no idea what's going yeah. on. You've got no idea what's happening. And then as a parent, so imagine you've got that combined with a perimenopausal woman <laughs> who's got, and I know this is going on all over the country, um, who's also got absolutely no idea what's going on. I mean, imagine what that must be like. But I think particularly for teenagers, you know, it can be really tough. Because, yeah, you, know, scary, you, you know, nobody's explained it to you. You don't understand what's going on. Yes, of course, it can have an effect, not just on their, you know, sort of definitely it has an effect on their physical appearance, but it can also have an effect on our emotions because, you know, I've got a, I've got a couple of uh, clients who are very young women um, who have always struggled from the onset of their periods they have always struggled with their periods. Um, they've always felt really in, you know, kind of in these particular cases, they've always felt really, really low at the time of their periods. Um, you know, really quite severe, not being able, felt it really difficult to function, you know, really difficult to integrate with family members definitely couldn't go outside and get out into the world. And my big concern around that is, as I say, you know, sort of, I think, you know, sort of there is a huge amount of over-medicalization of the human condition anyway, but my huge concern over that is that the amount of young people who are being given medication um, Mm. for not, obviously it's not all of it, you know, sort of, we can't, you know, we can't say the same for everybody, but there is going to be probably quite a big group of young women, young girls, teenagers who are being medicated for 
an undiagnosed condition if we're talking about severe PMT or PMDD. Um, mm. So that's, you know, kind of that's a real concern. Um, but I, I think generally we kind of underplay the power of hormones. Yeah. So it would be worth, again, it comes back to getting a bit informed and trying to get some understanding mm. around it and communication with your family and those around you. Yeah. Would, would you say that, you know, just trying to actually just appreciating what exactly what you've just said, that, you know, hormones are very, very powerful. Mm, um, exactly. Yeah. And, but I do think it's difficult because, again, you know, we're coming from this place of this kind of huge void where the where the information should be um so amongst our medical professionals amongst the parents amongst the teenagers themselves um it's a very tricky balance to find isn't it um yeah. and of course you know teenagers are kind of they're wanting to find their own way in the world they're wanting to be independent and sometimes it can be hard to go to yeah. your mom or your dad or your you know your carer um whoever it is that sort of you know has responsibility is looking after you it can sometimes be really hard to go and say i yeah. don't feel right i don't I, but I don't understand what's happening to me. And if you think no. about it, there are so many women in their early 40s feeling like that. Imagine yeah. the pressure of that when you're 15, 16 or 17. I'm going to put details of uh, Diane's website on the show notes so you can find out more about her and her services. And do follow her on Instagram and Twitter too because she puts up lots of information and you also reply and support there quite a bit, don't you, Diane? I do as much as I can, as lovely. You can, yes. <laughs> there's I'm a... just always really impressed with, you know. There's only 24 <laughs> hours in the day and I have to sleep no. some of them. <laughs> Of course, of course. Um, and you can find out uh, more about the Make Menopause Matter campaign um, as well, which was uh, created by Diane uh, to improve menopause education and awareness. So um, thank you so much, Diane, for coming and talking to us today about hormones. I mean, there's just so much there that will be light bulbs going off <laughs> all over the country, I imagine. So <laughs> thank you ever so much. My pleasure, lovely. Nice to speak to you again. Produced by Louise Daniels. Visit louise-daniels.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.